And this is Randy's number one Andy, a songwriter full of comedy, got the tablet handy. Andy Klein, Mr. On Time, slinging punchlines from the cut, walking a straight line. Then the thriller, Mr. Tim Miller, crowd killer, say hold on, it's probably not here, out trying to raise his daughter. So we'll just tune in to 3SPN, the sock puppet nation, let the party begin. Haywood, Pop Pop, Petey, Romaine, top of the list, JL Chadwick, the black eye who tips, might be waxing philosophical or talking bullshit, might be just trying to help you get a nice pretty young bitch. You have an opinion, let's hear it, do it proper, the world may suck, but I like it, I want you. Facebook, email, tweet us, get out your closet if you're dropping our names. Now let's come together, there's nothing else to say. Let's start the show, Randolph, hit him with the hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, three, oh, Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. We got a special guest sitting in. Who's here with us? Rick Younger. Rick Younger's here, people. Pisces. Rick Younger. Pisces. <laughs> Favorite foods, catfish and grits. <laughs> My name is Rick. Together, though, not seven. And I'm a Pisces. <laughs> yes. It, it blended together into a fine booyah base. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> booyah I base. Some, I just like saying booyah some, base. Uh, I had some, uh, some Creole... Uh, gumbo yesterday, chicken and sausage. It was so hot. My eyes were watering. Oh, Where'd I you get that? Some little spot outside of in Falls Church up the street from the State Theater. All right. It was over there for a birthday party, so we went to go eat some dinner. And whew, it was hot. Woo! It's the kind of place where you order like the food by the pound. Like, I want a pound of crawfish. I want a cr- pound of shrimp. I want a pound of and all you don't the know shit how much, we don't eat. Yeah. But you also don't know how much that is, really. Until no, you, you get, get a it. pound. You're like, am I hungry enough for a bring pound? bring it to I've you in a clear bag. Because these people at the next table over, they give you a clear bag, they give you the bib, yeah. and they give you uh, <laughs> surgical gloves. Oh, so the, the, the spice doesn't get into your... Right, so spice doesn't get into a cut. Hangnails and so they, they are creating an experience. Burn your hand off. Like, yeah. right, That's look. what my wife said. She was like, I don't want to eat anything. I got to put I got to put accessories on. Yeah. So I'm Bye. like, well, I said, then you can do like Cedric said. You can eat like a black person at a barbecue wearing <laughs> all white. You just lean it over. <laughs> just lean over <laughs> eating. I said, ooh, this shit. This ribs is good, dog. Lean out over <laughs> your knees. You do like that. Or <laughs> first of all, you shouldn't be wearing all white unless you are a member of the Mighty OJs. Uh, yeah, that's true. But you know, they are far. <laughs> that's true. There's only one very, of them left. There's, there's a lot very, too. very many black folks who like they yeah. love black folks love a white that party. All white party. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. You can't do nothing. Now, if you send if you send those same black folks to an all white party where it's nothing but white people, they, nah, they upset. Know. But if that's they the wrong kind wear, of white party, yeah. It's like yeah. an all white party, you can't do nothing. You can't sit down. Mm. You 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 can't eat. So you really just gotta stand. I don't. I don't. And look around. Like white shirts, that's a classic. But white pants. I'm I like, do white jeans. And now's about the time too that I would do white jeans. But I had to get rid of my white jeans. I got to get another pair of white jeans. Thank you. Nah, well, then you can go today. to the white party. You got. Yeah. You got your. But I don't okay. have like. I've never had white. Jeans. I don't have white slacks. Are you gonna wear white shoes? And like a white. white j- socks? I do have a pair of white shoes. My goodness. But <laughs> like dress, like white dress shoes. I had a pair of white dress shoes. I got rid of. They they were too much like um, 
the Coonish? brother. No, no, <laughs> almost. They're more <laughs> like, the, like a coon. The brother in um, uh, Punk and remember the vacation movie. The the Randy Quaid, Quaid character, yeah, uh, he had a pair of them white Griswold. shoes. Yeah, yeah he gave them to he gave them to Griswold. <laughs> he put them on. I said he picked up Cheryl Teagues. He got it with the white shoes. <laughs> it was a little in bit some too circles, much like white, those white shoes are called pumpkin seeds because they look like pumpkin. Pumpkin seeds. seeds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a pair. Oh, had not a pair. pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds. And I got pumpkin. a pair. The pair I got now are more like just kind of a loafery white shoe just yeah, kicking just, around um, i mean i wear them but how often do people get invited to a white an all-white party I've you know never... what it's funny you should say that we were <laughs> driving through dc right and we saw i saw all these black people dressed in white outside you know how when you come in across the bridge and towards lincoln right yeah and then you go the around, memorial bridge yeah, you go around the, the lincoln yeah and then you go up and you make that make that left yeah. that field right there yeah yeah there was like tents set up in there and there was all these people. You know what it was? It was Amy's birthday. That same day we ate at uh, the steakhouse. Yeah, yeah. Because her because her husband balls like that. That same day we ate. <laughs> Palm <laughs> we, restaurant. We ate you at know. the Palm. They know us there. It was that day. And that's when I found out that apparently there is a group in D.C. that throws white parties. Just out on the you gotta be on the you gotta be on them in the email list. Right. You gotta know somebody who knows. Right. You get the invitation, you show up. <laughs> you just show up. And the shit is outside. And they have like well like a tent like food. Tents, DJ. foods, DJ. Right. And you just gotta be in the But know. it's in a public place. Anyone could walk by. Right. <laughs> and just go to the party. Right. If they right. want to be in white. I think you gotta be in white to get inside but the But I mean it's federal land. It's pu- it's open to the public unless there's they have probably a, permit. a big brother, big ball headed brother in white. I bet there's a white Ooh. dude who walks up and goes, uh, do you guys have a permit? Can I come in? You know who, uh, <laughs> A I'm collective gasp comes across the room because <laughs> my tax dollars here. He doesn't he's not wearing all white. Yeah. But he's he he decides to compromise. He just right. gets butt naked. Yeah. Well, says, get butt naked. I'm pretty pale. Right. Does that count? There's like, all these there's you can come in. That does the all If you're willing to come in here butt naked then by all means, enjoy. Why don't we do all black parties? I actually prefer it makes that more sense. all black suit. It makes more sense. I can sit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, and I like the all black look better than the all white. So do look. I. I like all black. An all white party by the end of the night is going to be like an all brownish yellow <laughs> kind of party because everyone's yeah. going to be dirty. If you party too hard, it doing, could be all kinds of colors. You do an all black <laughs> party, and then at some point, Christopher Walken's coming to your party. <laughs> you got to think like that and say, hey, ain't that Christopher Walken over there? Yep. Yeah. yeah he can come in. <laughs> he wasn't on the email list. But he's <laughs> yeah, he, he, he got that high sign. He he's saw never, the, the light in the sky. He's never had to be on an email list before. <laughs> How are you people? We got Rick back in town. Rick is Rick and I. I will be opening for Rick at the DC uh Draft House. Go to uh, drafthousecomedy.com and you will see on it's the 18th and is it 18th? No, it's the 19th and 20th. Thank you. It's Remember, the 19th. Was some, yeah, I know. It's the 19th and 20th, four shows. Two yeah. on that Friday, two on that Saturday. I'll be opening for Rick. We were calling it the uh, the Blazers and the Blazers and leather shoes, <laughs> hard hard soles and sport jackets. Jacket tour, aka grown ass man. That's what we're calling. That's what we're calling that. <laughs> the White Wives tour. <laughs> 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 That's what we're calling that. Yeah. So you guys, come on out. Go buy your tickets now. Look on the website, Draft House Comedy. Uh, we like we like that. Yeah. I also have on my website, RickYounger.net. I have links to each. Separate show, just in case you're one of those people's like it's too confusing. Yeah, I had a, yeah. had a yeah. drop down yeah. menu. Yeah, I drop just, down so box. I'll see you next time. So there was one additional click I had to do. Could you make it easier? You, you just... ain't worth that extra click, Rick. Yeah. Could you, you bring know? me the ticket to my one work? One additional click. I mean, I, I can see you on TV. 
Yeah. I, and that don't, I don't got to leave the house, Rick. I don't need to yeah, do that. Exactly. So y'all buy your tickets. Come on out. Uh, we're going to be standing and delivering. Gonna be, gonna be, we're going to be up there for about an hour and a half. Probably about yep. an hour and a half. Standing and delivering. Mm-hmm. And delivering. So y'all come on through. We look forward to seeing y'all Speaking there. of the D.C. Draft House, I'll be there this week, May 3rd, for the Overachievers show Wednesday night oh, that's with right. uh, Martin Amini. That's right. That lineup is pretty stacked. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to pull it up here. I don't know if it's on the website, the actual lineup. But I know Rollo's on it. Uh, Dylan Meyer is on it. Chris Milner is on it. Kason Wilson is on it. That's a good show. Bunch right. of comics. Yeah. Julio is also on there. Julio is on Rallo uh, goes, Julio Chico and the Man are on it. Uh, <laughs> hey, Mr. Sanford. Hey, Mr. Sanford. <laughs> Chico's on it. The Man not confirmed. And me and Julio are down. going to be down by the schoolyard. Down by the schoolyard. Uh, also, if you're in the Baltimore area, I am at McGooby's Joke House uh, May 4th, 5th, and 6th. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. One show on that Thursday, two on Friday, two on Saturday. <laughs> and if you're in the New York area, May 11th, <laughs> Why I'm doing not? I'm doing a show up there. Just reach out to me. At Rick Younger on Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, Snapchat, YouTube.com you slash Rick Younger, YouTube.com slash The Rick Younger Show, Facebook.com slash Rick Younger Page, uh, CafePress.com slash Rick Younger Show for wonderful there. Rick Younger Show memorabilia. There we go. Have or you Google ever, me. I'm the first six pages of Rick Younger on Google. <laughs> have you ever had anyone else have your name on a site? Why'd like you get dot .net? You couldn't get dot .com? I, got net, I have dot .net and dot .com. Yeah. You just use dot .net. Well, yes, I had a cousin who was my webmaster. He uh, took the dot com, held it hostage. Then I got a dot net, <laughs> and then when uh, he let the thing expire, I got the dot com. So now, when you go to rickyounger dot com or rickyounger dot net, it's the same website. Okay, okay. But I got so used to saying rickyounger dot net till yeah. I never started saying. I dot remember com you used again. to say it in your act. Yeah, I remember that. You used to say it in your act. It's like, you know, saying your was, name is, is... Back when I was on stage hosting at the Broadway Comedy <laughs> Club. How many people did you bring for that gig? And Rick... Uh, none. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Really? I would bring no people to that show. Listen, people, listen. <laughs> this is this is listen for the comics. Don't do bringer shows. There was a whole Facebook thread yesterday about that. Don't, I saw Frankie started it. Yeah, it was too Don't late for me to comment. do them. Don't do them. If you do them once, you're stuck. Don't do them. Because your value to the show is that you bring and, friends. And it has nothing to do with your comedy. Don't do them. Don't. You don't need the stage that bad. You don't. You don't. And you will get the stage some in another way. Don't do it. Mm. The only way you should do a bringer show is if you don't have to bring people. Right. Or, or you, or you, you got know. some sort of odd deal yeah. going with an actual booker of the club, not the person who's booking that bringer yeah. show, because the booker ain't booking that bringer. Well, show. if you're doing the sh- if you're doing the spot without having to bring people, it means that because a lot of bringers will book one or two legit right. comics, mm. and it might just be the booker for that show, not the booker of the club. But if you need a spot, you're gonna do a spot, but you don't have to bring people. Yeah, you're trying to put together a tape, and you know you got ten people who want to come to a show. Yeah, you just say to them, "Look, I just want to get a tape," and, and you know. All right, yeah, but let yeah. them know that I'm not one of your damn I did, bringers. I did one bringer. I worked with uh, Rich Brooks, who books the Broadway. At that time, was the Improv, now the Broadway. I worked with him in Pennsylvania. When I moved to New York, I fell up on him. I had been there for six months, was trying to figure out a way to get into a room. I fell up on, on Rich, and he was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Come on down. One of the ones... Once you start hosting for me, just come on down, do the bringer. And I was like, I don't want to do the bringer. He was like, Don't worry about it. It's not like that. Just, I just want people to see you. So when I start, when you come in and start hosting, 
people aren't going to be like, well, who the fuck is this guy? They will have already <laughs> seen you. So my the people that I brought for my bringer were I bought three people, my wife, my good friend Justin, and his wife. That was that Saturday, and then I was hosting on that Tuesday. That's literally the only reason, and because he said. <laughs> that was like a formality. Right. It wasn't really. In other words, you had a deal going. So right. yeah. if you're going to do the bringer show, make sure you got got some type of deal. Yeah. Hooked up. That means that you don't have that. You're not stuck in this position forever. And he booked me. He had me hosting there and doing long sets there, a lot. <laughs> I was working there regularly, which at that time I didn't realize that till somebody said to me, "You know, you pass at that club." I was like, "What? <laughs> yeah. Is that what that means?" Yeah, that's your. That's gonna be your home base now. So just get used to it. That's yeah, where I met Rick, some, and I met Leanne, yeah. and I met Dean. Sometimes when you don't, Mark. when you when you're new to comedy or when you don't, sometimes you're accomplishing things and you don't realize yeah. the big deal that you have a. That yeah, you've you done. don't know because yeah. you don't know when Ricky when Andy got passed at the cellar, we knew it was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, they comics talk to you different. Is that is that the same person who just called me? Yeah, he just called me. We're recording though. Yeah, I'm about to send him a message. Okay. <laughs> uh, people talk to you like you're a made guy when you pass at the <laughs> cellar. Like other comics. Check that website to see who's at the seller. You know they they wanted to, so they would they saw my name on the website, and I remember like just random people just like I bumped into some comic on the train. They were like, "I saw you, I saw you at the seller now." And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, so like yeah, once every month, nothing. yeah, <laughs> like, I'm yeah. barely at the seller." Yeah, but it that one is like a huge deal. That's the one. Yeah, that, that's like, the one. Everyone pays attention <laughs> yeah. to that one. But the other side, I mean, at least this is years ago when I was in New York. The other sides wouldn't often even put the whole lineup on the website. So you, you wouldn't know who's passed and who's on these shows. Right. Now I think people are more savvy with that. But back then, you if you want to see who was on a stand-up New York, it might be on. The lineup might be on. But it might just say, <coughs> just showtime 8 o'clock without yeah. telling you who's on. Or maybe telling you two of the people who were on. Two yeah. biggest names. So just just be conscious of the fact that all these people who are offering you hey if you get four people you can get up and just be conscious of the fact that there's first of all probably nothing is going to come of it <laughs> that's probably the way and that's that's probably 98 percent nothing's going to come of it yeah and they're using you yeah and you're not even getting anything reciprocal out of the using so just be conscious except of that stage time in front of a crowd that right. probably is going to have a bad night because they've seen a bunch of people who are not good enough or not good to get booked on their own and they're not going to come back that's the thing it's a short term thing the show doesn't grow because the audience is going to be like oh, we had kind of a bad time tonight except for our friend and that yeah. one real comic who was on at the end right so they're not going to come back. So next week now, there's no audience that has right. been grown from that show. So they have to do it all over again. And that's another thing. When I did that, when I did that bringing that night, I was far and away <laughs> better than to, than other right. people up there. Right. You know, except maybe this little weirdo act who was doing a Borat type impression before Borat. Yeah, it was funny. That's the wings. The uh, do you the, have to pay this cat? Nah, sorry, paid for. Oh, okay. The um, Jesus paid it all. There you go. Oh, to him I owe. Now, um, the moral <laughs> of the story is that uh, you should do stand-up on your terms, whatever that is. Right. You know? Um Because, right. like, me personally, I um, I, I don't go out as much, you know, like, and do the clubs on a daily basis. Yeah. But I have relationships where I can get on when I need to get on. Right. And, uh, and I also produce my own things, which are not just stand-up shows, but kind of like more like vehicles for me to do whatever it is I want to do. Well, just all that gets your name out there. I yeah. I found that a lot of it in New York and in most cities, it's just visibility. 
people see your name a lot and they're like, okay, this guy's legit. He's doing shit. So even if you're not doing their particular yeah. room, they see it on social media. This guy's got stuff going on. And then if you hit him up right. for a spot, they're like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, sure. Come to a spot. Plus, if certain, you know, certain television credits can be helpful. Yeah. You know, like, like the final episode of Girls. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because <laughs> I actually got a couple of calls for some spots after that. Based on like, that? Yeah, yeah, they're like, "Hey, you want to come do this?" It's your baby. <laughs> yeah, that that girl. Yeah. I swear, to, I swear to God, that girl is so just dense. You know, it's she's so such funny a to dense, me. dense woman. Are you talking about Lena Dunham right now? Yes, she's such a dense woman. It's when I when I saw, I don't even watch girls, mm-hmm. and I saw like the, there was a picture, and no one was even talking at that time. No one was even talking about that. Hey, that baby's black. No one was even talking about that. But when I looked at that baby, I was like, "That's a black." Why does she have a black baby? I thought, oh, she must have adopted that kid. But well, you know, a lot I don't of watch a, that show. A lot of white people who aren't, who don't have a multicultural experience, they don't even understand what biracial she children look like look when they like. come out. Most biracial <laughs> children white. come out looking straight up white. That's why. That's why I said and, that's yeah. a black baby. She was darker right. than my kid when my kid was born. Yeah, she was like, darker than me when I was born. Well, yeah, was, darker than I was when I was, I was said, born. That's a black. I said, oh, that's black kid. Right. A lot of a lot of well, a lot of white. People don't know that uh, uh, your kid can come out looking white and become brown skin like me. Liz Mealy. Yeah. There's pictures on the wall. Uh-huh. Hey, who are those white kids? It's my daughter <laughs> and my <laughs> nephew. Right. She's she's black. He's Latino. Right. <laughs> my daughter and my nephew. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mother always says you got to look behind the ears. <laughs> because whatever the, whatever so it looks like behind the so ears is, black. What, is what, that's where they're going. Is that, that where is, the, the color hits first? Yeah, behind, like the so behind the ears. Behind the black like, and then that, that fold underneath the ass cheek. Like, yeah, this one's going to be old. <laughs> be, it's going to be pretty white. <laughs> that's, she's just so... And then the, then the well, story was the, Hold on. What was the premise, though? She, she had, was dating was a baby? dude who was Pakistani. Okay. Pakistani or yeah, something he was, Persian. He wasn't white. and But it's like she, she doesn't, you know, I don't, you know. And I'm pretty sure that she did, did this for the fact that this conversation is happening right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, she likes to do those types of things. But, um, you know, some people think that it, you you mix a... You you have a baby that's of more than one ethnicity that they they can be, you know they can be dark like that when yeah. they first come out and it's yeah. like yeah. even if they get darker they usually come out very light. That baby, so she that has a baby with this guy on the last older. on the last episode of the show of the, right. the finale of the show. Right. The whole show was about <coughs> apparently about breastfeeding and Rick <laughs> helping her out. <laughs> Latching was the name of the, was the name of the episode, the but, um, which is what they call when the baby latches on. Yeah. Oh, when she it was finds She finally had the baby, and the baby was. She wasn't bonding with the baby. Because it was black. Because it was Can't bond with that black baby. She wasn't bonding with her own child. Yeah. The black. I mean, child. but is that a thing you know, that, happens? that is a thing that happens. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> people have babies that sometimes, and sometimes they, the breastfeeding doesn't even yeah. click at all because it's yeah. like, okay, mine didn't. It's like the baby's going to starve to death <laughs> if yeah. I don't give him something. Mine didn't. We didn't yeah. give a fuck. We just gave it a bottle. Yeah. yeah. Give a fuck. But look how poorly she's bonded with I know. It's just so <laughs> yeah. poorly. Yeah. It's going to really, it's, it's going to haunt her for the rest of her yeah. life now. Doesn't it look like it? I don't know. <laughs> you know um, so when I kept, and then people started talking about how this, how this baby is clearly black and, uh, 
Why don't you go get go find a Persian baby to? I mean, well, you gotta get a, an Arab yeah, baby. Hey. So what happened was, you get a come, Persian baby. Come Arabs to find out baby. that the woman, it's twins, obviously, because anytime you use babies, you use twins. Yeah, <laughs> she is. The baby's father. The is father's Puerto Haitian. Rican. She's Puerto Rican. That's it. And she was upset, upset that people, that people calling her people baby was a black. black baby. I was like, "Have you seen your baby?" <laughs> I was like, "People gotta get." Here's the thing: if you're going to if you're going to label by color, they, yeah. these are the colors. There's black and there's white and there's some others. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna get into those because people get offended. Yeah. But I can speak on black and white. So then her <laughs> baby, your baby, her baby came out that color, black. which means yeah. it might get darker. It ain't no might. <laughs> hey, don't mind. Yeah. We don't, do we know what, do we know how dark In the she summertime, is? she's going to be really mad. If she's going to be she, trying to keep that baby out of the sun. If she's Haitian, if her, the father's Haitian, the father's dark skinned Haitian. JL's dad. So, well, JL's that's, pretty light. That's, well, JL's mother was Irish. How light was JL at birth? I would assume Lighter. He was very light. So, but if she's mad, like this, I, this idea of people calling her child black is going to follow her for the rest of her life. Oh, it's already started. Yeah. <laughs> it's already started. You know, I live in, in uh, Washington Heights. In Manhattan, which, you know, some people just call it the, the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And there are Dominicans. First of all, you've seen Dominicans on the baseball field. Right? Yeah. Until yeah, they yeah. start talking, Big you're poppy. like, they look like your cousin. You Big know? poppy. You <laughs> know? And it's like, but you can get into a real good fight if you call some of these Dominicans black. Yeah. Some, of, some, of, them, some of them do understand what and you're Puerto saying. And Puerto Ricans. Huh? And Puerto Ricans. And Puerto Ricans, too. But it's like, that shows you how how bad a rep being black has gotten right, in right. the world where like yeah. you I don't care what I look like don't you call me that yeah. they, they're hoping that by not being called that that they won't be oppressed like that yeah. but they don't understand how it no, works no, no, no brother you that I call <laughs> I call it the KKK theory if the KKK shows up and they lynching all black folks and they look at you and you fall into the category they're not going to stop and say oh no well, you from the Dominican Republic alright man get on out of here yeah, how thick is your accent yeah. some, yeah. some do like Big Poppy calls himself a black man he does. I've heard yeah. him say that many times when he's talked about Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. He calls himself a black man. Just happens to speak Spanish with a thick accent. Yeah. You know, but he calls himself a black man. But there's you got like um who's the dude that was in the home run chase that year? Uh um, Sammy Sosa. Sosa. He's he don't want to be black. He's he's, he's, he's trying himself. to like bleach his skin up. He don't he need you look at him like a black dude. Good looking black kid. Now he's an ugly white man. Shit. <laughs> he is an ugly well, I mean, white he's, man. He cheated on the field. He's going to try to cheat in life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he got that ugly in him. white. Man. I'm like, listen, listen, Sammy, you've won. You <laughs> you don't have to do this to yourself. Right. They're it's not like, gonna, they're not going to mess with you, dog. And it's not like they don't know. It's like Sammy, we've seen you all these years. years. Yeah, <laughs> you went from being a good looking black man to an ugly white dude. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Look, you? I mean, you, you look. Don't sick. throw vitiligo at us because that ain't it. <laughs> it's a very even. Uh, spread of vitiligo. That's for certain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such. That's you come on, y'all come out of the draft house. Y'all hear us discuss that a little bit. <laughs> y'all will hear us discuss that a little Man, bit. Some of these pictures of Sammy Sosa, like it's ridiculous. There's, he's all different shades, but that yeah, that's as light as I've seen him right yeah, there. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He went from being a good-looking black dude to that. It's ridiculous. Wow. He looks like uh, he looks like somebody did makeup on him for a movie role. <laughs> Well, I mean, he right in some of these pictures, he's about the let's say the complexion of Jose Sanchez. Okay, comic we know, you know. So, but but he used to look black. Like Jose yeah. looks, <laughs> you know, looks yeah. brown. Jose's brown. But then some of these other pictures, he looks straight up like a white dude. Yeah, he's even kind of sitting like a white guy. Yeah, <laughs> all of his manners. yeah, he's trying to he's trying to get that whiteness. Look at that! Oh my god, trying to get that whiteness reset. That ain't gonna work, dog. Oh. <laughs> 
I, I, I mean, you know, it's um, because you see white is better. That's the only reason. <laughs> but it's one of those things too, where being a black man is hell. All the money and fame and all that doesn't put him in his mind above. Mm-hmm. You know, he still he still needs to improve mm-hmm. his, his inner place child in life. issues. Yeah, right. we all got him. I like somebody messing him about being a dark child and wherever he comes from, pa- the Panama, the Dominican Republic. <laughs> he might have gotten teased for yeah. being dark. Inner, when he was inner a child issues is probably why all three of us are comedians. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like. Uh, because, yeah. you know, people have this ex- expectation that you're a comedian because of, you know, like you see a lot of short comedians. You see a lot yeah. of unattractive comedians. Right. Whenever someone sees a comedian who's a little taller and not unattractive, it's like, what happened to you? Why yeah, yeah. did you become? Oh, something happened. Yeah. something happened. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm i a product of an intercomplexional marriage. Okay. I have a light skinned father and yeah, dark skinned mother. mother. Yeah, like I say, it's, it's, a, it's hard growing up. Yeah, when your like father and your brother look like members of the DeBarge family, and you yeah. you look like you and your mother look like pre-surgery Jacksons. Yeah, in a decade, then the community holds that over. Yeah, in a dec in a decade where everybody's liking your brother because he's the light skinned yeah. one, and then you're like, I was like, I, at a young age, I was like, I gotta have a personality. Yeah. I gotta be funny. I gotta, right. and you know, as I got older. And um, you know, not to, to say that I'm the finest dude in the world, but I am in the top five. No, seriously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, just that as you get older and people find you attractive, and you're like shocked at it. And it's like no yeah. matter how many times you hear it, you're shocked at it. And you know, because you still, if like if I don't have a haircut, I feel like I'm not looking good. You know, it's like I still have those moments where I have to give myself a pep talk, and it comes into other areas of your life. I mean, then you you start achieving in your field of human endeavor and you yeah. still have those moments where it's like oh my goodness you know uh, i'm gonna be the one that gets cut off off this tv show i'm gonna be the one that gets you know yeah, gets yeah, cut yeah. well this, that's because know. it's true in hollywood yeah because you ain't hollywood black hollywood black is like <laughs> shamar moore you know unless you're the bad guy and your face is too sweet to be the bad guy yeah, you see so jason's lyric it's like all the good 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 kids with light and all the bad right. kids with dark <laughs> right and this was by <laughs> right. a black filmmaker and that's a black filmmaker doing that you know, but you know, but I went the other way. I am light skinned, but I was in my mind. I was I was a very skinny, nerdish kid with with very thick glasses and a big fucking head. So, <laughs> and that, to me, in my mind, I'm still that person. Oh yeah, we, you, you, we yeah. all we all are what we thought we were it when we were kids. Until my my karate instructor made it okay to be skinny, which is why I, I leaned towards Spider Man and leaned towards. Uh, uh, Bruce Lee and like in the comics I was I liked reading comics but I never wanted to be Luke Cage Yeah, I wanted to be Iron Fist even though sure. he was white he was little he wasn't yeah. a big guy you know Spider-Man but Spider-Man was little and he was a nerd and he was smart you know and I'd rather be that you know so in my mind I'm still I can still be that person you know, it doesn't go away Yeah, I go talk to a uh, a little Jewish lady about it twice a month <laughs> <laughs> She's got her own issues I mean, of being yeah. little and Jewish. Yeah, and, who knows what she's and hopefully little we, and Jewish and gay. Who knows what she's got going and on? And hopefully we, we're <laughs> using the stage to help us out in yeah. some way. And I tell brothers from the stage, go talk to somebody with some letters behind their name. <laughs> Two letters in a period. 
don't take that shit to your barber. He ain't got nothing for you. He can tell you how to what what clothes to wear, yeah. maybe. But because it's a whole bunch of foolishness <laughs> being stated in the um in the barber shop and, and, love, on, and on Facebook walls. And I love yeah, the barber yeah, yeah. shop. I love just being immersed in blackness because I live here. So right. I like being immersed in blackness a couple times a month. Just sit inside some blackness <laughs> for a couple times a month. Like when you go to the barber shop, does the does talk of the gay agenda come up a lot? No, nah, not that has never <laughs> happened because I I would have said something that's never happened yeah. in 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 uh bring it up see what happens. And <laughs> you hey, what y'all think about this gay agenda? It always kills me when people act like this, there's this gay agenda, no and agenda. I'm like, what is your fear of gay? That right. you, you think you must think gay is really powerful if everything is straight, yet somehow the straight agenda has not turned everyone straight. Well, they, but they, the, the very few, the, gay the very few appearances of anything gay off is that ten percent. <laughs> you know, gay's more powerful. They than couch straight. it in uh, the kids thing. They don't really care about the kids. I think a lot of people are just afraid of just home. They're homophobic themselves, right. but like our kids are being indoctrinated in some weird lifestyle cult. It doesn't work, and it's not really about the kids. They more. throw the kids out there as the shield for their own issues with with yeah. gayness. But that happens all the time. The gay agenda is always about kids. It's always yeah. about preying on kids. Gay people are preying on kids. Don't nobody want your punk ass. <laughs> I know. It's like, because when people talk about the whole transgender bathroom issue, yeah. I'm like, it's your perverted straight mind yeah. that thinks this would be a great idea. Like, who, you know right. how I get some girls? <laughs> if I have to dress up like a girl, you go, here to bar, you go, yeah. go into the bathroom, right? Going looking like and then I'll be like, I'm not really a girl, right? And she's like, oh, shit. Oh, but you fine as hell. And then I'm like, ah, and I pull out my thing, right? And then it's on. Yeah, that, <laughs> right there in the bathroom. bathroom. Right there in the bathroom. Because that, that's how it works with ladies. That piss on the floor bathroom. <laughs> you fucking idiots. <laughs> you fucking idiots. And they're still trying to trying to do that shit in Carolina, figure out ways to... Or they think that if someone is really out to sexually assault a person, like break yeah. that law, yeah, they're going to they're gonna <laughs> heat the sign on the door. That door sign's going to stop me. Yeah. They're gonna, if they're ignoring a worse, a, a, a bigger restriction, right. the sign on the door is not going to matter. That door sign's going to stop you me. Know? It's like, y'all, man, I was going to go and sexually assault, but it says girls only. Ladies. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go to the park again. It don't uh, even say ladies. It just has a sign of a woman. Yeah, you would think that'd be where the pussy is, right? I mean, <laughs> going there, right? So, <laughs> no, okay. y'all lucked up because of that sign. I was okay. about to go in there and wreak havoc. I saw this. Because a lot of people on the on the right who say that the sign has to say this, this, and this, so they won't come in. They will decry the no uh, gun zone signs. Like no right. one's going to follow that. Right. You know, like the gun free zones. Like no one's going to people right. going to go in there with guns. So they're contradicting themselves anyway when they pull that shit. But oh, they live in contradiction. Yeah. They live in contradiction. Um, I saw a movie the other day. I, I thought about you since you was here. Um, it's called Slight. It's I've a, heard that title. I haven't seen a, the movie. It was a young indie movie. It was about a young young black kid who uses... Um, he's Think David Blaine. He does that. He's on the street doing car tricks and stuff like that. His mother and father die. He has to take care of his sister. Uh, Starts slinging that shit to make some real money. You know, and there by day he does car tricks on the street. By night, he sells drugs. He realizes that the drug dealer, who's Dule Hill, remember Dule? You know yeah, Dule? Yeah. He's on Ballers. Now. He plays a bad guy in this, which I've never seen him play a bad guy. He's pretty good. <laughs> He's pretty good as a bad guy. Uh, he is dark complected, so mm -hmm. he got he got bad guy eyes. <laughs> yeah, he is dark complected. Um, so that's what the whole thing is about. The thing is that he was a he was on his way to college to be an engineering student. So he figured out a way to incorporate 
engineering into into being a magician. He was a very very intelligent guy. The movie in and of itself is I do a thing of you've seen it uh, Randolph's movie reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an okay movie. It's not great. It's not bad. It's okay. It's just it's okay. And I actually think that that's more important than being a great movie. Mm-hmm. For a black movie to just be okay. And make no mistake, it's a black movie. Everything in the movie is black. Yeah. Just to be okay is great. We should be allowed the space <laughs> to just be okay yeah. without having to think, man, if we're not fantastic, there'll never be another one of these motherfuckers yeah. made. Because they've set it up where they can make another one. Yeah. And it was, I'd make another one. Why not? If as long as it turns a little bit of a profit, yeah. I'd probably make another one. Well, that's the thing. Most black movies do make a profit. Right. It's like Hollywood so deciding not to do black movies is just right. Hollywood deciding not to do black movies. Right. right. It's like I was had this conversation recently with someone. Uh, black movies in Hollywood is very much like uh, black coaches in the NFL were for the longest time. I've always said there that. was there right. were black there were there was a period of time where there were no black coaches that had a losing record. I think Romeo Cornell might right. have been the one that messed he that was up. The first one, yeah. yeah. But it was like even Ray Ray Rhodes. Yeah, they all had winning records. The worst he did was eight and eight. Right. It's like it's like. But they don't have as, just like black quarterbacks don't have as, they don't have an opportunity to, to have a full where lackluster where is season. The, where is the black Jeff Fisher? Yeah. That terrible ass coach. Yeah. Or I was telling Rod. Uh Marvin Lewis is close to Is that. he Jeff Fisher? Well he gets to the playoffs. He's better. Jeff Fisher don't even do that. He used to. Jeff yeah. Fisher used to he's riding that legacy for X for too many years. Yeah. Marvin Lewis is a couple things though. One, his records are better. <laughs> yeah. His teams don't get to the next level, but right. they'll maybe get to the first round of the playoffs. Also he's in Cincinnati, which is the ownership they don't like. They'll just pay the same coach for years. Yeah. They don't have that sort of uh, fire yeah. coach every five years mentality. Right. So he's in a good place for that. Right. Where's the black Chip Kelly? <laughs> just a dude who's just they just decided he's, he's going right to be yeah. good. But he's at, not. He's at, he has shown us now that he's just an okay coach. So where's that guy at? Where's the black uh, Marv um, Levy? Marv Levy was a good coach. Yeah, no, he's not. I'm not. He's not. He the right four, well, he got to the Super Bowls. Schottenheimer, maybe. Marty Schottenheimer was an elite coach too. Yeah. He just couldn't get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> How yeah. about Ted Marchabroda? <laughs> Ted Marchabroda was around for a long time. He never really. I mean, yeah. I think he had a couple of good years with Baltimore when yeah. Burt Jones was the quarterback. Yeah. Um, well, uh, how about North Turner? That's the one I'm thinking of. North, North Turner, Turner coached the Redskins. He was a Dallas coordinator. <laughs> And then, of course, after they won Super Bowls, yeah. well, you know how it is. Coach Jobs. He was mediocre at best for like seven years with the Redskins. He kept getting, they kept bringing him back, and then it was like, okay, finally, Dan Snyder bought the team and got rid of him. And then he got like three other coaching jobs, head coaching jobs after that, and he was equally just all right everywhere else he went. He was in San Diego, was at the Raiders for a mm-hmm. while, I think someplace else. But he was a retread over and over again. He was like a ba- like basketball does that. They do the right. retreads right. for years. You'll right. see, oh, Rick Adelman again. I think about basketball, you know? basketball doesn't really have a problem racially. No, I'm talking about just the yeah. mentality. But I'm saying that basketball, yeah. yeah I mean, they, just, let's just get a guy. Uh, yeah, and just keep using him yeah. and using him and using He's him okay. and using him. You know? North Turner was like that. That's the thing about college football. So Charlie Strong has been drummed out now in Texas. They gave him... Forty-five minutes, maybe, yeah. to turn that to turn it yeah. around. I feel like this: if you sign a guy to a five-year contract, give him five years, and then reevaluate at the end of five. You'll years. You'll never own a team. 
but they have they have well, these, the thing, I mean I could be I could end up being the Pittsburgh owner. Uh, well, yeah. That guy's super progressive. We were just I was just talking about him with somebody today. He's super progressive, super progressive. You know. Yeah. That's and and Pittsburgh. You said what you want about Pittsburgh. They are a winning organization. Look at the all right. Look at Dan Snyder. We Redskins. got the rapist, but you know. Yeah. Well, you know, but he throws well. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh, <laughs> the Redskins. Dan Snyder bought the team in like '97. Yeah. I think he's had one coach who has stayed throughout his entire contract, right. which I think is the one they have now. Uh, a couple of them retired. Joe Gibbs retired. Steve Spurrier retired. All the rest of them got fired before their contract was up. But right. that's a perfect example. You you never commit, and you never really get anywhere. You yeah. get right. you get a, a playoff one season, and then it doesn't repeat. Or, you know, it's yeah. like I, I feel that way about Cleveland. It's like yeah. you guys are so busy yeah, changing yeah. everything all the time. Yeah. You just haven't, you know, it's like, Commit if to you're going to suck, speaking of why'd you coaches? suck trying to actually get something done yeah. or sticking with a plan? Right. Yeah, For more than of, like a year and a half. Speaking yeah. of black coaches, now they got a black coach, you know. Um, well, that's the other thing. Black coaches in the NFL historically have had to take those shit jobs. Shit yeah. jobs. So it's yeah. like, oh, he's got a bad record. But look at the team he was on. Look at yeah. Bill Belichick when he coached Cleveland. Yeah, his record was bad. He got yeah. fired, and then now he's Bill Belichick Hall of yeah. Fame. Bill Belichick Hall of Fame. Well, he had certain pieces. If you're right. ever going to be like a Hall of Fame level coach, you know Red Auerbach. Oh, Red Auerbach's the greatest coach in the world. You understand he had Bill Russell playing for him. Yeah, and Bob Cousy. And Bob Cousy. Like four Hall of Famers. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, he had he had like five Hall of Famers. Yeah, yeah. So let's not. Yeah. Well, Phil Jackson's great. I'm like, yeah, both times Phil Jackson had Hall of Fame level talent. Yeah, best roster at in the league. Pretty much every position. <laughs> pretty much every position. <laughs> but football coach is coaches, the best player in the league, in the world, the best player in basketball. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but the black coach in football often has to take that Tampa Bay job. Right. Or that Cleveland job. And then their record, lifetime record is bad. Right. And then you can just say, well, we're not going to give him another chance. We're not going to retread that guy because right. he didn't do anything. Romeo Cornell had, you know, a bad record. So Shit talent. Fuck it. Well, he's just but he had to there. take a shit job. He didn't have Marty Schottenheimer could turn down those jobs right. if he wanted, and he could just go to the team either who paid him the most or the best situation. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of black at, coaches don't have that opportunity. Well, that's but when we get back to the Browns, the Browns had Marty Schottenheimer. It's yeah, like they, they yeah. will they even when they do good, they will give up on something that's almost there right. instead of like yeah. let's get the last few pieces to make this work. Yeah, that's, you know. to push us push us over, and that's yeah. what I don't get about. Like D.C., for example, sports fans in D.C. The Redskins, bad for, you know, 25 years now. Made a couple playoffs, but that's it. Uh, the Wizards, up until recently, they had a little run when Arenas was there, mm-hmm. and then now, but his, like decades of just mediocre. And yet the fans are impatient. <laughs> like, this is, John, people like, everyone loves John, loves John Wall now, because he's the beast, he's, mm-hmm. he's great. His third season, there were Wizards fans calling sports radio going, we're going to trade this guy. He's a bust. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get rid of him. Like, why are you guys, impatient? I Give him five, six years. I what? see guys in the gym saying that uh, the Steelers should should uh, get rid of Mike Tomlin. He's bust. I was like, really? Mike Tomlin? Yeah. At that time, he had been to two Super Bowls and won one. Yeah. And you want to get rid of that guy? 
But I get and at least, replace him with who? I at least get impatience if you're a Steelers fan because you're like, we always have to win. Yeah. If you're a, a, a Wizards, Wizards fan, fan, it's like, <laughs> fucking give it some time. Like, why, yeah. why are you running people out of town? Like, what are the expectations? So even John Wall, who everyone loves now, people forget that his first three seasons, people were calling. Well, he head. did the Dougie, and when they well, introduced him at that game, I don't even. That's Colin Coward bullshit. Yeah. I'm talking about fans of the team. Calling him a bust in his second season because yeah. he had an ankle injury and didn't play much. In his third season, he turned it over too much. People, oh, this guy's a bust. He's never going to amount to much. Once again, we botch a first <laughs> overall pick. We got to get start over, rebuild. Is that what we have to do? And if you watched them, because his numbers were not great, he had like 15 points and seven assists. And he's like, if you watch, if you watch them back then, though. Clearly, the team was better when he was on the floor, even if he was turning it over a lot. Yeah. It was are obvious. The, are these the same people that when uh, someone when a window gets broken in their house, they want to tear down the whole <laughs> Just house? Tear down the whole yeah. house. Start over. We got to start over. <laughs> rebuild. Rebuild it. But John Wall's number, like the Wizards, when he wasn't that great, the Wizards' numbers when he wasn't on the floor were far worse than when he was on the floor, even though his numbers weren't great. So it was obvious that he was just gonna need some more time, but. He's a bust. And some parts. Next Kwame Brown. (laughs) Get rid of him. We need to win now. What do you mean we need to win now? (laughs) We haven't won in 30 years. (laughs) And now is the time. I'm tired. I don't want to do 31. (laughs) And how that relates back to the movie they're talking about is that black people, black coaches, in the case of John Wall, sometimes black athletes, we're not allowed the space. We have to be superhuman. Mm -hmm. Barack Obama. Yeah. You have to be super magical human. Negro. You have to be. You have to be. We're not allowed the space to just be, <coughs> and not even mediocre because mediocre is, in my mind, is bad because mediocre is, is the beginning of the downslide well, and the nothingness. Just to be normal. <laughs> you can even normal. You, you can, mediocre is under normal. Normal. You, you can even use that in in stand up comedy. Right. I've seen. I've seen Jim Gaffigan get. Opportunity after opportunity to finally get a show that worked for him mm-hmm. with his TV land show. I've yeah, seen yeah. Louis get show after show to finally get a Louis. Mm-hmm. I saw Todd Lynn and Patrice O'Neill get a get a, a couple development deals. Shows never panned out, and yeah, bye, bitch. You know you don't you don't yeah. get you don't get. It's not like they can decide that they like you and give you all the opportunities in the world, right? Yeah, like right. they will do with with the you know and the white. They cons. let in in our game. They let one through at a time, one maybe two. Yeah. So now it's it's Gerard. Mm. Somebody puts their hand on your shoulder and says, "This is the guy." But and Gerard Gerard's sitcom has done well. Yeah. Well, I'm if not. It didn't. I'm not saying. I'm not it saying. Should. But I'm saying, if it didn't, would he get another one? You know what I, I mean? Like that's that's what yeah, we're talking. I don't about. know. I don't know because they got somebody put their hand on the shoulder. I don't know if he, if he would get another one. Does he? Kevin have, didn't. Kevin Hart. Did His have, got axed. He had a sitcom? Yes. A sitcom. Three, had yes. Three he had a sitcom and it got axed. Royale Watkins had three episodes. Right up to the uh, right up sitcom. to the day. And then right. they axed it. You know, and he when he was done. Yeah. He talked about that on Mary's podcast. He was like, he was Oh, done. back then, yeah, yeah. Kevin remade himself. You have to go back to the club. That's tenacity. Yeah. Kevin had tenacity. That's why I'm like, anybody who's talked shit about Kevin, I'm like, man, fuck you. Yeah. You have fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. That's why Chappelle talks about him and that's why rock puts kevin in movies and that's why i have you know who talks shit about kevin hart young comedians or fucking fans you ain't never heard no elder comedian saying saying 
evil shit about oh, Gavin Hart, that motherfucker. You ain't never heard that. That dude yeah. remade himself but not to after getting fact, kicked out of the line. Yeah. The, not to mention the fact that social media gives everybody a, a platform. and Because, like, all the think pieces on the Dave Chappelle special, I was like, <laughs> really? You, you, uh, I mean, <laughs> I... I was even tripping off of people like after I did girls mm-hmm. who are who were saying things, you know, like backhanded compliments of yeah. my appearance on there because they don't like Lena Dunham or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, it's one thing if my boys like, you know, if yeah. y'all would have cracked jokes on me about being on the show. Yeah. That's one thing. If if Dean and Mark and yeah. Mike and Leanne would have cracked, that's one thing. But if you're a new comic and I've not seen you on anything, right. please don't join in, in any right, conversation. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Now I'm not even gonna roast. I'm like, all right, I look. We understand. I don't like that bitch. I don't watch the show. Right. My boy's on it. Fantastic. Right. That's all that matters. Now, if I'm standing there and and Mike, of all people, he's going to be the one. I'm going to be like, it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> this going to be good. You know, but we know what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Comedians know what it is. They know who it is and who it ain't. I was just listening to Titus on David Feldman's podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were talking about Titus is coming up. Titus talked about confronting Carlos Mencia. Mm-hmm. He saw Mencia at a show. Christopher Titus. Christopher Titus. Okay. He saw Mencia at a show. He went and watched him. Go watch this guy's show. And he knew all about the steel and stuff. Everybody in the game knows it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just walked right up to him and said, uh, hey, man, hey, man, I see that that steel and shit is working out for you. <laughs> Mencia tried to laugh the shit off. Titus was like, because Titus is very much like, you steal jokes, I'm done with you. And he was like, man, fuck you, you know? And then they were talking back and forth, and he, he asked him about the Cosby bit that he did. Yeah, yeah. And he said, oh, I mean, uh, we took the bit out of the special, but then a production assistant put it back into the special. He's like, not even saying that. Why'd you do it? Why did you do yeah. Cosby's bit mm. after people told you not to do the bit? He said, then he's driving home, and he just happens to be listening to XM's comedy like most of us do. You just happen to be listening mm-hmm. to it. And he hears DL come on. He had been watching, he watched Carlos's act, and he said what we said that say what you want about Carlos, that dude puts on a hell of a show. He yeah. puts on, he gives you, he gives his audience 100%. I give him that. He says, he's listening to the act, and he's like, something about it is not rubbing me right. That joke, something about it, one of his jokes. <laughs> Then he's listening in a comedy show and one of DL's special comes on and it's DL's joke. It's DL Hughley's joke. He calls DL from the car. Hey, man. <laughs> I just heard Mencia do one of your jokes on stage literally just now. DL says, thank you for telling me that. I will be taking care of this. <laughs> and then gets off the phone. Do you have any idea how alone, alone Carlos Mencia is in our world? He is alone he can't do this. Yeah. What we're doing right now, three three comedians in he can't do this. Yeah. Except for the two guys he brings on the road with exactly. him. Exactly. <laughs> young yeah. comics. He can't do and then and and if he's doing that with two young dudes, it's not this. Yeah. He can't do this. What we're doing right now. Does he want this? I I doubt it, but I have to think that a part of him does. <laughs> Well, there's a part of him that does, that much of like does. the way Dan Ninen really wants everyone to accept him when right. he's trashing them. Right. There's a bit of that. But Mencia has some kind of revenge. You know, it's it's like, you know, when Jordan would create slights, yeah. quotes that people didn't say to motivate him. Mm-hmm. Like Mencia has this thing where he needs to get revenge on people who used to be his opener and write jokes for him. Right. 
He would show up right. at their club and do a guest spot when they're right. headlining and do an hour. Like, why? Why'd you do Why'd that? Why'd you do that? Why aren't you so, there so just supporting your boy? Just go and be there. Or just, or just don't go. Introduce him. Yeah. yeah, or don't go. Let him you have, know, his, let I him mean, have his shine. I, yeah, that's I, a good I, idea. Just don't I, go. He, like, because you're going to pull a sign from him. One of the things that, I mean, if I'm honest with myself, I have had to work <gasps> on not being envious. Yeah. Like when you when you think that you're good at something Man, you got and you a lot don't of shit see, going on, you need to stop. But Talk no, about I'm envious. I'm being honest. I'm being <laughs> honest. Talk about envious. I'm just I'm saying, looking at Rick like this motherfucker. But, but every, you know what I'm saying? It's everyone like, is at the bottom of a new life. It's like, right. you know, cuz we all have our ultimate goals. So right. it's like there's always somebody that has something that you don't have yet. You know. Yeah. And so it's like, but I but I'm like I like I said I'm honest with myself and I was like Rick, you gotta you gotta work on that. It's like yeah. you gotta you know because you're you're also hindering yourself with that envy. I go talk to a little Jewish lady and, with some letters behind. But, you know, and it, and it just it boils down to the fact that it's like everyone has their own path, right? And you just you know, right. like you said, maybe some some people need to go talk because with yeah, somebody because go talk to somebody Man, see, you're up there you're up there you up you you're sabotaging yourself, destroying right. yourself, and you see it so many times. I think of like a Ted Carpenter. Ted Carpenter very talented, but he yeah. it's like why you, it, you know, why are you doing this to yourself? It's like he does stuff like even when he was like really hot, he he would do stuff in with in places with Hollywood people and and try that same old DC power play stuff yeah. with a, with somebody at a network. They're like, I don't give a fuck. It could Patrice, get out of his own way. Patrice used to openly talk about self sabotaging. Yeah, I was self self sabotaging himself, just knock himself out of the game. And I'm convinced that Mencia wants this. <laughs> Mencia wants to be able to have a Christopher Titus call him. You know, you wouldn't think that Titus would know DL, but if you're in our world, you're like, of course Titus knows DL. He's probably got his number at least. Yeah, of course Titus knows DL. Yeah. Why wouldn't he know DL? The reason why he knows DL is because he's comfortable enough where he can call DL in the middle of the night and be like, hey man, this guy's doing your fucking joke. Right. You know, Titus is not alone, alone out in this world. Mencia is alone. I can't even imagine what's going to happen to him when the wheel stops turning. And, I don't know. He's, he's got a pretty dedicated fan base. And at he's the moment. just an old comic in the world, and the wheel has passed him. Yeah, you know, he's not George Lopez, where he can he can shift into doing other things. You know, you you are alone. It's 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 cold on them streets, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold on them streets. Well, I mean, sometimes it's hard to like when you. When you watch some of the things that that people do in our business, it's hard to really like wrap your mind around the fact that these people are that yeah. like messed up to the Destroyed. point where they like, yeah. you're doing something that's so blatant to everyone else, and it's right. got to be blatant to yourself. Yet you right. you can, yeah, you you're going down this path. Of, my you know, fans like, don't. My fans don't care. Yeah, but none of your peers respect you. Not one. We all know. Yeah. And, and and how real, I mean, fans, you know, I don't even like to use the term fans. but That's what I call you, Donald Trump's supporters. Yeah. But yeah, it's like. Because you know, it's not real. But those people can always turn on you. Exactly. Uh, you know, like. Right. I remember years ago, I did a video and uh, just like a, you know, a video bl- blog type thing. And one of my topics was don't take love advice from Steve Harvey. Yeah. And it was, you know, comedic or whatever. And there were people who were really upset with me. Like, I can't believe you, you're a hater. I'm like, I'm a hater because I have a difference of opinion. opinion with this and dude? It, but it's like, there were people who I'm like, I think stopped supporting me because of yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, um, it's so fickle. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, 
their fans until you do something they don't like, until you don't live exactly the way that they want you to live or perform exactly the way you want to, they want you to perform. Like, you know, I started out, I didn't curse in my act. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, and I try to let people know, hey, if you're coming to the draft house, Mm -hmm. there will probably be some cursing. You know, not a whole lot, not gratuitous. Yeah, that's from every, me. That's every, not from him. <laughs> every, my, I, I measure my words, but I'm, I'm a, a, I'm a black man who's getting older. Yeah, black men. The more, the older we get, the less censor we, we have. The more we start to curse. And you know, and it's like, so I'm just telling you honest, my honest feelings about where I am in my life right now. But I let people know because I'm like, you may not like you you may not like what what i what I'd i do rather now. that you because i know i mean y'all see the shit out y'all see the shit i write anybody who follows me real talk for you on mm. twitter you'll see the shit i write i have to have lost people and opportunities mm. <laughs> i have i have to have yes yeah. it's, it's just well when i when i did i'm the, not gonna not write when it. i did the video brian mcknight sings the nasty and if y'all don't know oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> i remember that Feel free. You can search it on YouTube. It's, the title is Brian McKnight Sings, Sings the, the Nasty. nasty yeah. And uh, so I have, it's actually on two different uh, YouTube pages. One is the sketch group that I'm a part mm-hmm. of, Jump Comedy. And uh, the other one is, is uh, Rick Younger. But you, if you search Brian McKnight Sings the Nasty, you can find it. But it was like, when I did yeah, this, lose people. I was like, look, if you don't like dick jokes, don't click on it. Because I know, uh, you know, yeah. I... You yeah. know, I know that there's people who like they lo- they used to love the fact that I didn't curse. Them. Oh, that's so nice. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, yeah, but <laughs> I, I, that was what I was doing at that when I first started doing stand up. I was singing with the Maryland Gospel Choir, right? And yeah. I just felt it was important that if I'm singing Jesus is real on Sunday yeah. in the same area where I'm telling jokes on right. Thursday at the Greenbelt Comedy right. Connection, right. that maybe I shouldn't. But right. I don't sing with the Maryland Gospel well, Choir. You know what anymore. happens to you when you do comedy? <laughs> at some point, you realize. Jesus don't. Jesus wouldn't care about this. Well, that's the other thing. It's like Jesus hung around with with hookers. And, yeah, people, <laughs> and people, street folk. More Christians are like Pharisees than they are yeah, like Jesus. Jesus hung around with the with the drug dealers right. of his of the. But um, I remember that I posted <laughs> yeah. this, and then I get like a message from one of my buddies. It's like he's been anointed by other clean comedians and Christian comics who are like they wanted me to say something to you. I huh. said, well, you know. Tell them. Tell well, you them. go back there and I tell said, them suck I, my dick. I told them. I said. I said. Tell them. Tell them to pray for me. Yeah. Tell them because you know, obviously, you know, because to me, you know, I, you know, you don't want to have to over explain a joke, but the whole Brian McKnight sings the nasty is a commentary on where R and B music has gone, going. right? You know, and it's like, you know, a guy sings a song with the word pussy in it, and so it's like, if I'm gonna talk about that. I might have to use the word pussy. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Unless you're like, just taking the broad angle of he shouldn't do that. Did you, right. just, did you, you need us to bleep pussy off that? No, nah, man. Please. Okay, you good? Yeah. Pussy. Okay. Pussy. Pussy. I mean, Andy <laughs> does. Andy does religious bits. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he, he's got to be losing. He's got to have lost people. I think. It's just the uh, nature of the beat. But I think here's a problem with some with some of the people that you gain. Sometimes you end up gaining maniacs. Mm. You're like, wait a minute, dog. I'm not. Well, <laughs> well, I'm that's not the saying thing. that. Like because <laughs> I'm, I'm on the because that. I'm on the Today Show. Yeah. You know, you have that. Oh, he does morning television. Oh, you he know, must be. You know, it's like yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know, but. <laughs> You might be surprised. You don't only yeah. do morning television. Right. Yeah, this is not. This is I mean, like when I do my when I do my my uh, Periscope and Facebook Live low budget morning show. I'm, I mean, I don't curse a lot, but I let people know if you come to see me live, 
Yeah. It's, you know, just be prepared for that experience. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, all, it's about appropriateness. Yeah, even Steve Harvey used to do, and um, I mean, you can talk shit if you want. Steve Harvey's a great stand-up comic. Just mm. the game of the, the, the job of being a stand-up comic. Mm. He's good at that. You can keep his books and you can keep his his, his, suits. his fuckboy political things yeah. and all that. <laughs> the job of being a stand-up comedy, he's really good at that. Right. He's really good at it. And even he would say in the beginning, I'm going to be cussing. Right. <laughs> you know, because this ain't the radio. I'm going to be cussing. Yeah. That's, that is, and that's what makes him a great comic. <laughs> that That's the thing of, I'm going to let you know yeah. that this is not what you're going to hear on the radio. I'm yeah. letting you know in advance. Right. And that, when I say it's you about appropriateness. You bitching later. If, saying, I, I if you ask me to like come that. and I do. Told you. If you ask me to come and do your church show. Yeah. I have made an agreement that I'm going to abide by the rules of what it takes to do a show at a church. You took the gig. Right. Right. So it's not my job to go to the church and say, y'all can't be censoring me. Yeah. Like when I do stuff for Comedy Cures, they have things and guidelines based on who they are, who their audience is. And it's like, I have to say to myself, okay, I'm doing a Comedy Cures gig. This is what my set is going to have to be. you agree to this. Then nobody make you agree to this. when, When you come to see me on the comedy club stage it's uh, it's you know there are no yeah. rules there and so i, it's your I can show. say whatever the hell i want yeah you know when you do a p- most podcasts you can say whatever the hell you want so when you hear me talking on here it's going to be different than if i yeah and that's how know. it should be we actually yeah. got there was a, we had a couple emails this week did we and okay. one of them mentioned on my cd that i curse more than they thought i would oh more than you normally <laughs> used to read that shit. not 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 that i used to but just uh more than I, more than expected, not in a negative way. Yeah, they're downstairs. Yeah, we're gonna wrap they're up here. this episode quick. Yeah, this yeah, episode's coming to. Let's a do that. Let's do these three emails real quick, and then we'll wrap yeah. up. And then we'll do. I actually have one more thing before we go that I think will be good for all of us, and then we're out. Do the right. emails. The first email is from Jay, who saw us last week at the at the draft house. Yes, he came to see the show. Jay yes. said, "Hey, fam, thanks. For, we had we had a couple podcast fans there. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for letting me know about the show on Saturday. Me and my lady had a good time. Don't know why the comics were so distracted by the drunk, obnoxious black folks, Remy yeah. crew in the corner. Yeah. They that were just ignorant. Yeah. Um, wish well, those are open mic because you got to learn how to handle that, and this, right. they're in that stage of their career. Uh, they're not you, us. <laughs> wish you both had gone on longer, but I guess that's what free looks like. Well, I guess we could. It's our show. We could. We can go as long as we yeah. want to. We just. We got to respect the guidelines. We get the comments. We'll definitely come back to see you both perform again, and of course, to get more Cage and Sparkle. Which, by the way, I made the lady give me like twelve extra packs just in case. Stay up, my guys. Um, I'm not trying to raise a dollar. Going to Target. Uh, Cage and Sparkle. Y- you can ask for it. They don't always give you extra Cage and Sparkle. You'll get four packets tops. Yeah. Uh, so if you got 12, good for you. Yeah, um, you got plenty. The next email is uh, actually, you know what? Uh, this is one of the guys from the, the Negro Rogwin podcast. Yeah, Negro Rogwin. They actually emailed me, and I forgot all about it until this email came in. They emailed me about some tech support questions. Well, oh, well equipment yeah. questions. And I forgot all about it, and then mm-hmm. this email made me remember it. So I'm going to email them back this week. Uh, this is from Francisco. Hello, fellas and other pickles and or jars on the show. I go by f- uh, Frank and handle, well, I'm sorry, Francisco. It's Frank. And handle on any platform is at 30 pieces underscore of underscore AG. Mm -hmm. Shameless plug. He's tweeted at us before. He's tweeted us plenty of times. The AG is silver from the periodic table. Oh, okay. 30 pieces of silver. Yeah, yeah. I've been listening for a bit now, and as a new listener, I don't want to 
to the paywall to go up. <laughs> Reminds me of 45's insisting uh, on another form of paywall, 45 being Trump, in the southern border. Randolph Q to get the fuck out noise. Yeah. yeah. Um, but seriously, it makes sense to go with a paywall since really most of the fans are probably here from a word of mouth mention or they heard you in another podcast. Yes, I would be willing to pay to donate $5, but no more. We it's, wouldn't go more than that. It's not going to be more than We're that. we going to go less than it, that. It is not. It's going to be less. It's only, yeah, it's going to be one, one episode free, one paid. So it's yeah. not like they're all behind the paywall. Yeah, it's going to be less than that. Uh, I understand five dollars for no more. Trying to raise babies and shit. I enjoy the show and the commentary. You guys allow me to tolerate my coworkers more. They are not bad. Just get on my nerves at times. You guys are part of the inspiration behind our podcast, Negro Rogwin. Thank you. It's not Wu Tang shit, Andy. Well, maybe I, did I say that once? Um, <laughs> since you are all boys, but may not always agree, but can respectfully kick it together, I admire that you guys have professional lives. And still pursue your comedy dream. I hope you guys make it big. But selfishly, I hope you don't. So we can continue this 3GO. <laughs> I will be in Frederick, Maryland from May 7th through the 19th. Where can I catch you guys during that time? Well, on, if, you're, through the 19th. if you're not leaving on the 19th, if you're staying in town yeah. on the 19th, you can Stay go Stay through the 20th and come to the draft house in D.C. and come yeah. see me and Rick. Yeah. See me open for Rick. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything during so that stay time through the, Stay through the 20th. Yeah. Come on the 19th. Make that your last night in town. Go to the yeah, Draft House come DC. Up to, come up to the Draft House show on the 19th. Yeah, do that. Uh, There's two shows. And he goes, uh, also feel free to share podcasting tips on the show or on an email reply. That's Andy's thing. You Keep it going, fellas. Yeah, they, they actually had a question about equipment. I forgot all about that. Much love to the show and all supporters, including spouse, spouses and children, since they sacrifice a few hours for our entertainment. I just purchased Andy's album, Vintage. I've not listened to it. But I will rate it five stars regardless of how I feel about it after listening. That's solid right there. Not uh, solid. Yeah. And, you know, it's worth five stars. <laughs> it's, it's a five-star album. And then our third email from Susan, hey, 3GO and current sock puppet, hopefully Frankie or fine-ass Dominic again. <laughs> Dominic is coming over in a little bit, but he's not going to be on the podcast. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I remember we had gotten emails from Susan before. Yeah. And, um, she loves Dominic. And she said, fine as Dominic. And uh, <laughs> she had an email about Dominic, so I went and searched through the email. She was one of the people, I believe, who emailed about Philippe like two, three years ago. Ah, like, hey, he's pretty hot. Philippe just graduated and got his uh, doctorate in physical therapy. He yeah. Just graduated this weekend. Yeah. Got his white coat. Yep. Yeah, physical therapist. Uh, Susan says, I succumbed to the peer pressure. Susan's trying to, I guess, find a man through our podcast. So, Dominic. <laughs> Philippe Dominic's was a little weirded out by the by yeah. the uh, yeah. Dominic's got a lady. Right Philippe now. got a little bit of attention. She's a, she's a, a a Latin woman, so if you want to you want right. to fight, <laughs> get your knives ready. Well, Susan has <laughs> a uh, Susan's email signature includes a two hundred two number, so she's local. Okay. Um, I succumbed to the peer pressure and bought Andy's album. I have to say, it was kind of great. <laughs> kind. It reminds me of that Dave Tullis joke. Dave Tullis had a uh, joke years ago. And this is not a shot at Susan, but his joke was this girl came up to me and said, hey, you're kind of cute. Kind of. <laughs> Thanks a lot, you sort of fat bitch. <laughs> um, so anyway, it was kind of great. Good job, buddy. I wished it was longer. It's an hour long, Susan. An hour, baby. Because <laughs> that's how good it was. Also, I didn't realize you cursed so much, which I enjoyed immensely. <laughs> okay. I have to say, vagina hammock is my new favorite thing. Misquoting the joke, Susan, but I know where you're going. <laughs> My new favorite thing, because I still have no idea how vaginal mesh works and have been wondering for years now. That's uh, one of the bits on the album. Have a great week, guys, Susan. So um, thanks, thanks for the email, Susan. Also, all the, all the people who tweeted at us and reviewed on iTunes and elsewhere about the album. Uh, thanks for all the positive okay. words. And also, you if you haven't reviewed it, go on iTunes and give me five stars. 
or Amazon, wherever you bought it, and write a little review. It does help quite a bit in having right. the album show up in people's suggested feeds and things. And while you're doing that, review review a rate of the podcast, The too. podcast itself. Andy got the three. The reason why Andy got the three was because- On the uh, comedy charts. Was because of- Nick DiPaolo was at number two. He just dropped the special, and his special was plastered all over the all over the charts. His face, yeah, all over the new arrivals. And page. Adam Carolla's podcast had, did, had a paid episode. Did number one, and Adam Carolla is the, is probably the top podcast comedy podcast. Yeah, I would assume him and Mark Maron probably trade off that spot. But their that that episode their he did was are, on the comedy albums yeah, chart. Their fans are crazy. His fans are crazy yeah. and fanatical. It wasn't the podcast chart. So, so I got to number three on the iTunes chart, which it has sunk like a stone since then. Which but, uh, was good. Should have went up to if it hadn't been for those two, he went number one. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> if you haven't bought it, you should buy it. If you did buy it, but you haven't rated or reviewed it, please do that and just give it like uh, even if you don't have to write a review, just give it five stars. And if you want to write something, just write something quick. One little sentence. Funny stuff. Dot, dot, dot. I don't care. You rock. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There you go. So That's, um, all, that's all that's needed. So anyway, that's all the emails we got this week. Now let's go ahead and save this story for next week. But here's a little teaser. It's a st- for next week, for Thursday. It's a, t- it's a story about uh, the mayor of, of uh, San Antonio, my hometown. Right. Said that... Uh, a lack of faith caught in God causes poverty. This is right up me and Ricky's alley <laughs> as far as religion. Black, black. She's a black woman. <laughs> black and religion. It causes poverty. Causes poverty. Oh, it's deep. So that's like prosperity gospel shit, right? Yeah. You just all believe I, in all I want to, uh, I'm like. Y'all wanna, we, can, we can chop it up right now if y'all want to get into it. Well, you know, <laughs> like I said, it's Let's a lot of Christians act, acting like Pharisees instead of like Jesus. It's like, why do why is it so important that everybody believe the same way that you believe? You know, I yeah. mean, you know, I identify as a Christian, but it's like it's so many people who identify as Christians that make it hard for me to defend yeah. what they call Christianity. It's like they definitely they definitely do not lean towards the whole concept of love. Here we go. You know, and it's like. This woman's name is is Ivy Taylor. She's a new mayor. She's a black woman. Yeah. She was speaking at the World Bank. It up the World Bank updated its analysis of global extreme poverty, which dozens of chapters dedicated to exploring in minute detail the many complex and intersecting reasons as to why people are poor. Right? Her offer was so wait, her so, her reasoning. So they studied it. Yeah, they studied this. So they have like a study with well, statistics. What they left out, what she's trying but to make she known. Hasn't studied it, but yeah. she has a rebuttal. She has studied it to their study. She has studied okay. it. Okay, and her study has led her to the conclusion that it's broken people. Okay, particularly broken people who don't have a strong relationship with God. See, I when she said broken people. You could say that people who are oppressing people and causing them to be impoverished are the broken ones. Which would have been a great way to end it. Broken people. Yeah, people (laughs) are, there are broken people who are pushing people into poverty. Poverty. The broken ones are the the middle management. I would think that that would be kind of what Jesus would say. Right. (laughs) I would think think. that. But then she she kept going. Somebody asked her, what do you see as the deepest systemic causes of generational poverty in San Antonio? The deepest systemic causes of generational poverty in San Antonio. To me, it's broken. She said, then the question, she asked the question to repeat it. She made a joke about the hefty nature of the question. Oh, you really want me to answer that question? I mean, I'm just a mayor who oversees 
who tries to help poor people, but I'll answer the question. Yeah. I'll go ahead and put it out there. To me, it's broken people. People not being in relationships with their creator and therefore not being in good relationships with their families and their communities oh. and not being productive members of society. So, I mean, I think that's the ultimate answer. That therefore part. She's really reading a lot into all that. I mean, she's so she's saying broken people don't have good relationships with mm-hmm. God, which leads to bad relationships with families, and ultimately leads you to bad relationships with money. Somehow, like you don't you don't earn yeah. money. So the an atheist organization went after her, sent her a letter. You know, you know, it has nothing at all to do with it. To which made her take it to to Facebook. So that's how you know it's real. She did a statement <laughs> on her Facebook page. Claiming the video tape, the videotape had been selectively edited oh. to misrepresent her views, and particularly, she says she doesn't believe that just poor people are broken. I also believe in original sin, and that was the context for my comment. We're all broken, from the richest among us to the poorest, until we forge a relationship with our Maker. I could have expressed myself more clearly, explaining my belief at the forum. She told the Post she believes society would be better if people had a strong relationship with God. But she said she tried to stress to voters that San Antonio is not a theocracy and she doesn't believe leaders should govern from the Bible. Okay. I don't know if anyone took the time to really understand what I was trying to convey. Oh, we took the time. Well, I think that <laughs> as someone in the public eye like that, you've got you to gotta know how what you say is going to be interpreted and how you know the possibility of this editing that you feel is so creative that it makes you look a certain way. Yeah. And it's like some things are not for certain. It's back to that idea of appropriateness yeah it's like you don't have the platform nor the time <coughs> to really do introduce what you introduce there and right. be able to speak at it have the have the open forum for people to ask questions and for you to continue to have a back and forth and a dialogue right and uh and so it's like you're 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 bound to mm-hmm. it's bound to backfire yeah, why'd you run? And also mind? the selective editing. I mean, I don't know if she's she's a politician. She may have experienced selective editing before. Ooh. Sound bites taken out of context. John Thompson used to do this. If I was a public figure, I would do this because uh, he had back when he was a coach at Georgetown, he had had like some article that misrepresented Ooh. something that he said. So he would show up to every interview with his own tape recorder, put it down on the table. Ooh. Reporters would be pissed because they'd be, oh, do you don't trust me, and they would dislike him. But he wanted his own copy of every interview mm-hmm. so that no one could take something he said and misconstrue <laughs> it. I imagine there's a raw video of this mm-hmm. that she could get her hands on as the mayor of San Antonio. So if this is really like, like selectively edited, post the full video. I'm sure it's out there. Or if not, from now on, you better record everything in full. Well, the thing where she says she tried to stress that sent the voters that San Antonio is not a theocracy, she doesn't believe leaders should govern from the Bible. She does. There's no possible way yeah. that she doesn't. She looks to, just like George Bush did, just like Michael Pence will do. You look to the Bible as, this is, this is what tells me what I have to say. This is well, what, there's some things. Not you, the, and not the good parts of the Bible either. Well, that's the, it's like some <laughs> things you can't separate. Right. Like, you know, when people say they have bad feelings about black folks, yeah. yet they think that they can go out and be police officers. And, yeah. you know, I remember... One one time I was riding in Baltimore behind a truck and it had all these things about the Confederacy. 
And then on it, I saw like a fraternal order of police. The police, yeah. And I was like, it's no way in the world he can interact with black people as a right. police officer and not be affected by these beliefs right. that obviously he feels so strongly about that he's got to put it on a bumper yeah. sticker on his yeah. car. Yeah. yeah, he's got a campaign for him on his bumper sticker, yeah. on bumper stickers. You know, so for her to say that, that tells me that that's how you govern. You yeah. govern by that thing. You think that about poor people. You can say, I right. don't think that about poor people. Yeah, you do. And it also, as. It, it also absolves her of responsibility as the governor, because if someone says, "Well," mayor. or as the mayor, rather, if someone says, "Well, you need to enact programs to fix this and that," she'll just say, "No, I don't need to do anything. They need to find God." Yeah. So she can just look the other way on shit and not be an effective leader if she chooses to go that route, because her mentality is, "It's up to you." Yeah. You know, find find Jesus in all your problems. You won't be poor anymore. He'll go away. Yeah, it's crazy. Right, so that's a good way. That's a good place to end. Let's, let's have the podcast. <laughs> so listen, people. Okay, you know all of Ricky's information, so just get at him. Yep. Come see us at the uh, at the DC Draft House, uh, May nineteenth to twentieth. Four shows. Pick one. Go to rickyounger.net. Look at the look at the hyperlink. Yeah. Pick a show. Buy some tickets. Go check it out. Uh, Andy's got a show. May what? May third. This is that's this Wednesday at the DC Draft House. It's called the Overachievers with. Um, it's put together by Martin Amini, but it's got a really strong lineup. Josh Caderna is on it, Dylan Meyer, Rollo Boykins, uh, Chris Milner, Kason Wilson, um, a couple other people too. Good Ashley show. Mayo is on it. It's a really stacked lineup. So come to that. I think it's um I think it's eight o'clock or eight thirty, but check the website, drafthousecomedy.com. Yeah. Pair Sachet also on that show. Yeah. Uh, and May 4th, 5th, and 6th, I'm in Baltimore. If you're in Baltimore, I'm at Magooby's Joke House in Baltimore. Come on through and check me out. We want to thank Rick. He'll and buy be my album, by the way. On Thursday's podcast. Keep enjoying these Thursday podcasts because they are going behind the paywall. I will be adding an interview segment uh, to there where I will be interviewing um, people, comedians, and whoever else I can round up. And I'll be doing an interview to kind of flesh out the show and give you guys a little bit more for your money. Could be a whole separate episode. Could that's be. Under the I don't table. know. I've done these things before. The You've heard Tarantino. me interview people. So uh, come on back and check us out. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's going behind the paywall soon, so get ready. Okay? Just, All right. one, just one of the two. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so, so much. So y'all hear us again on Thursday. I'm Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. Who are you? Ricky Younger. Hey, three guys on. <laughs> we are out. <laughs> <laughs>